Good morning. I have never been so happy to be somewhere in my life <laughs> as to stand here. There were some times the last seven weeks that I was not sure I'd ever be standing here again. But for those of you who don't know, I fell going outside the parsonage. I broke this one bone here, clean break, it came out of the skin. This bone here, I broke four places. I had four screws, and then I smashed my wrist, then I got 10 more screws there. Um, I ended up with two surgeries and a bone infection, and um, mostly what I've done the last six I saw y'all last was take lots of pain meds and lay around and hold my arm up because when you hold it up, the, the swelling goes down. I have nerve damage in these this main nerve right here, so this thumb and this finger and this finger, they're numb. I can move them, and mostly they jerk a lot, but I can't, if I wouldn't know, looking at that, I wouldn't know that I was touching my thumb and my finger, okay? So I still have about, everybody tells me, six to eight weeks of therapy and recovery to go. So, but I'm here today, and I'm thankful to be here, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. I do not have any announcements. I'm sure there's some, but hopefully they're all in the bulletin. And uh, I will, this is library day for the kids. And um, the office is closed tomorrow for Martin Luther King holiday. So let us begin our worship together.
be with you. Let us pray together. O Almighty God, by the birth of your holy child Jesus, you gave us a great light to dawn on our darkness. Grant that in his light we may see light, and that we may have the ever-brightening hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Let us join our voices in affirmation of faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Let our children come up for children's time. You want to be right next to me? <laughs> That's good. See, he gets to wear his coat. I'm freezing up here. Whew. 
Cole today. Um, today's sermon is entitled Andrew. Do you think Pastor Curtis is going to talk about um, Andrew Scudder? You think so? Uh, is he talking about Andy Watson, our youth director? Who do you think he's going to talk about? Do you know the name Andrew? One of his disciples, yeah. Well, I'm assuming that's what he's going to talk about. Um, and actually, a disciple, the, the passage that he's going to read to us is about Jesus' first disciples. What is a disciple? Do you know? No? A follower? Sarah? A really close friend? Okay. Yeah, a follow, somebody who learns from somebody, an apprentice. Do you know the word apprentice? Yeah, you've heard that word before? Um, somebody who follows and learns from a master. And back during Jesus' time, people were barely scratching out an existence. I mean, if they had a little house to live in or a place to sleep in, that was nice. If they could have a little ground, a parcel of earth where they could raise vegetables or chickens or something, I mean, that, they were lucky. And most children, by the time they were Sarah's age, about seven, eight, or nine, um, they were sent off, if they were lucky, to learn a trade, or they learned the trade from their father. Um, sometimes they learned from another master, or if they didn't have a father, if the father didn't have a trade. Uh, what kind of jobs were there back then? Do you know? Carpenter. A carpenter, yes. Farming. Farming. Yes. Shepherds, those kinds of jobs, yeah. People had skills like in carving brass, carving wood, farming, raising animals, those kinds of, sometimes some medical skills, that those were the skills that they had. Um, and learning trade was knowledge, and knowledge allowed you to have a job and then to earn your living, right? Um, were there universities back then? No. Do you know when the first universities came about? after, at least after a thousand years, in Europe, close to 1,200, 1,300, so that was 1,200, 1,300 years after Jesus that they had the first colleges and universities. So back then, there was also no government to just give you money if you wanted to sit at home. Uh, it just wasn't there. I mean, you had to work, and you became an apprentice, if you were lucky, to a master, to someone who could teach you. Um, sometimes the parents made arrangements with that person to say, look, I'll you teach my child, and my child will clean for you or cook for you or do something for you. So there was a trade-off. Um, do we still have professions nowadays where people are apprentices? Yeah, like, yeah? Do you know examples? Yeah? Nurses? Yes, absolutely. Med the medical field, yeah, the people have to learn from another doctor and they follow them around sometimes. They do a residency. Another one, have you ever had student teachers in your class? Those are students learning to become a teacher and then they watch your main teacher and they see how they do it in the classroom. So we still have some of that today. Um, I'm gonna read you the passage from John. It's from John chapter one, verses 35 to 42, but I'm, I'm not gonna read the whole thing, just the first part. It says, the next day, John, that's John the Baptist, was there again with two of his disciples and when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When those two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. 
Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. What do you think those two men's jobs were? What was their trade? They became apprentices, but before they even met Jesus, what was their job? Do you know? It didn't say it in the passage. Do you just know it? They were fishermen, yeah? They were fishermen. And they had learned that from their father, and that was their choice of profession. And back then, you didn't just fish as a hobby and then have another job, like some people do nowadays. That was their job. And can you imagine just standing up, leaving your job, and just following Jesus, because he said, come, follow me. Wouldn't that be difficult? Would you be able to do that? I think that took a lot of courage. They saw him, they heard John the Baptist call him, this is the Lamb of God, they said this is the Messiah, and they just stood up, dropped their fishing nets, and followed him. Um, It was like if you had learned to be a baker, and all of a sudden somebody says, okay, here's a violin, you are now a violinist or something. I mean, something completely different from what they had been used to doing. But they did become his disciples. They did become um, his friends, and they learned from him. They learned from the master. I want to read you one more passage, and then I'll finish out. This is from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy, chapter 11, verses 18 to 21. And uh, God said, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds, Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that the days, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give to your forefathers, as many as the days that heavens are above the earth. And we as parents try to teach you, right? So you're apprenticing to us. Who else can teach you about Jesus and the church and God? Pastor? Who else? Sunday school? Yeah. Your whole church family here is here to help you, to teach you to walk in a Christian way and to remember the words that uh, God has said to us. As parents, sometimes we fail. I mean, it's hard as parents to raise children And we're glad to have this family to help us to teach you all how to do that. And we are all called to be disciples of Jesus, just like Andrew was on that first day with Simon, his brother. And we have to learn and listen to follow the master. Let's close with a prayer. I'd like you to repeat after me. Dear God, help us to become disciples, to learn from the people around us, who are trying to show us the Christian way, to learn from your word in the Bible, and to be able to spread the good news to everyone around us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
Our scripture lesson for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. In this scripture, Paul has written a letter to the church of Corinth. Paul, along with Sosthenes, sends greetings to the church. He gives thanks that members belong to Jesus Christ and have received the Lord's generous gifts. Beginning with verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all of those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. The word of God for the people of God.
Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O Lord, our God, you have blessed us, you have heard us, and we stand in awe of your majesty as we seek this day to praise you, to sing praises to you. We know you call us children and have written our names in the role of, of the book of life. And we seek to keep your commandments and precepts. You sent your son to be a light to the world. And we have been enriched in him to follow his example. But we must confess this day, O oh Lord, that we've also spent some of our strength on worthless things. We've chosen the weaker way and fallen into sin. You call us into fellowship of your Son, but we find ways to live outside of it. O oh Lord, this day forgive us. Do not withhold your mercy from us. By the power of your Holy Spirit, make us to be a light like Jesus to the world. Help us to witness our faith. Give us a mind to follow you singularly. Help us to see the example of the disciple called Andrew. Fill us with zeal to tell others about you. Lord, we come this day also asking for help. We ask for help for those who are in need. We ask you to ease the pain of those who hurt today, whether it be body, mind, or spirit. We pray that you'd take away those things which keep them and us from you. We pray you'd be merciful to those who are dying and bless those who are being born. Incline to us, O Lord, and hear the prayers. We wait patiently for you. We put our trust in you. And we pray as your Son taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We believe that giving is an act of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving as our ushers come forward at this time.
please be seated. Our scripture lesson does come from John, First John, uh, chapter 135, beginning at verse 35. The next day, John, who was the one baptizing at the Jordan River, was there again with two of his disciples. And he saw Jesus go by and he said, look, the Lamb of God. When these two heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and following, and he said, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Now one of those was named Andrew. He was Simon Peter's brother. And he, the first thing he did was to find his brother called Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, the anointed one. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which translated as Peter, which means the rock. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the freedom to come and to worship you. We thank you for your spirit that is with us because we have gathered in your name. And we pray that that same spirit will guide us and direct us and help us as we seek to understand this scripture and this young man named Andrew. We pray in your name. Amen. As I said, we had a few uh, things going on, including, uh, as you probably all know, as Pastor Brenda had went through some very serious surgery, and, and then as, as if we didn't have enough troubles, she fell and fractured her rib, got a bump knot on her head, and a, still carrying a black eye around. But she's making good use of that black eye, I can tell you that right now. But uh, along with all these tragedies that came upon us during these last uh, few weeks, something else far more important, and quite frankly, without it, I doubt I would be standing here today. For I discovered something during this time. I discovered again how important it is to be part of a church family, especially memorial family. Your prayers, your cards, your visits, your offers to help, your willingness to serve in roles that were crucial for us, uh, the help that I received from Reverend Rush and Reverend Strait and Reverend Lee and, and many, many others um, have just overwhelmed Brenda and I. Uh, uh, in fact, I almost get emotional when I start thinking about it again. I could never thank you enough. Um, and the food, uh, quite frankly, we filled up the freezer and filled up the refrigerator and got to a point where we couldn't eat, take any more food. So all y'all who said, well, I wanted to give him some food, Brenda says, wait, wait, because maybe her surgery is reversible. And if it is, there'll be another opportunity. But you overwhelmed us. Being part of a church family is very important, but it's, more, it's even more important to be part of a church family that exhibits the characteristics which I believe Andrew exhibits in this scripture. Let me explain it a little bit. First thing I saw was that 
Andrew heard an invitation. He was intrigued. He was interested. And so he followed Jesus. And the first point that I, I want to get across to all of us, all of you, is that Memorial is full of people who seek to know Christ better. And my friends, when you seek Christ, Christ will never turn you away. Christ will appear to you in your darkest moments. One of the things that helped me along during this time was ever so often I'd just say, Jesus, help me, out loud. Or I'd say, Christ, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Those simple prayers like that, repeated over and over and over until you feel the Spirit, the presence of God, is amazing to me. But I felt it from you, Andrews, in your actions and your love. You know, seek and you shall find is not just some catchy phrase. If, if you focus on seeking Jesus, you will find Jesus and you'll find what you need for your spirit. You know, Andrew's first meeting with Christ was so significant to him that he remembered the hour, about the 10th hour. And when he departed from Christ that day, he had a new conviction that he had to share this joy that he had with somebody. And that brings me to another important point. Once you encounter Jesus Christ, it changes your life forever. You can't explain it. And sometimes there's days when you feel like, where is Jesus? And then there's others when you just feel overwhelmed in your spirit. But you're changed. You're changed forever. And you have a new conviction. A new conviction to share what you've received with others. You know, unless you're convinced of something, you won't share it. Andrew was convinced. He was convinced. And so he knew at least one person that he needed to share with. And that was his brother, Peter. Which brings me to another point. Belonging to this family, belonging to Memorial, means every day you share your love of Jesus. I saw it every day. I was overwhelmed by it. Uh, you know, it's just amazing to me. Uh, I, I'm st we're still receiving cards and, and, and stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing. Being part of this family means you share your love of Christ, just like Andrew did. Andrew shared. He was changed, he was convinced, he was committed, and he had to share. Did you know that Andrew was the first disciple to follow Jesus? That doesn't really say that, but when you get to looking and studying the Bible, you realize he was the very first one to follow Jesus. And yet he's never mentioned first anywhere in the Bible Peter is always listed as first. Andrew as second. You know, the thing is, is that Andrew knew that Peter had gifts that he did not have. And it seems to me this is one of the things that is so important in a church family. Not everybody has five or ten talents or gifts, but everybody has at least one. And Andrew took his one and he, was, he used it to the best he could. He was not doubtful. He was sure. He knew once he had encountered Jesus Christ. The people at Memorial, I have found out, have at least one talent, each person. And it amazes me, especially during this six or seven weeks, 
I've been trying to keep up when I wasn't in a medical haze for pain as best I could and tried to follow some of the services. And it's in, it's in, in the bulletin and the announcements and so forth and so on. Nobody stopped this new focus on missions that are, is being done by Daryl Rishforth and his new committee. No one stopped the long-range planning committee meeting and start talking about needs of our church. Nothing stopped things that had already been in plan and that were going forth. The people of Memorial took, are taking their talent and they're using it. They're using it in so many ways. Just like Andrew took his talent and he used it. He used it to bring one person to Jesus Christ. He used it to bring Peter. You know, it's important to think sometimes about how, you know, I, I think about this myself. Well, I don't really feel like I have any gifts at all. I, I know you probably, I don't really feel like I have any gifts at all. And then every so often somebody will say that something that I said really affected their life or their whatever. And then I go, well, maybe Christ has used my gift of talking uh, in a way that's important. But I feel like you are the ones with all the gifts. And without you and your gifts, this church cannot thrive. And it's important, I think, for us to realize that there would be no Peters if they hadn't been Andrews, you see. Memorial grows the body of Christ because of those who are like Andrew, you see. Andrew had one talent, and he used it. But he knew Peter had many, and that the body of Christ needed him. You know, Andrew is a unique fella. I don't think we've talked about him enough. But Andrew shows the same trait in the other two places in the Bible that he has mentioned, uh, where he's doing something, not just in a list. In John 6, Andrew introduces a boy to Jesus. Now let me set the stage real quick. The crowd had listened to Jesus. Uh, it, the hour was getting late. The people needed to go get some food. Everybody was tired. But there was no food. The disciples didn't have any food to serve to people. Uh, the disciples didn't have any money to send out for takeout and bring food over. Uh, but the, the apostles all wondered what to do. According to the scripture, there were 5,000 people in the crowd, not including the children. But Andrew, during this time of indecision, had befriended a young man. Maybe Andrew told him about or talked to him about fishing after all Andrew had been a fisherman. Uh, but he reached out in a friendly way. And so when this word came for people to go find him some lunch, the young boy invited Andrew to share his lunch. And he did. And Andrew brought this young man his lunch over to Jesus. And we know of the miracle of the loaves and fishes that occurred. This is an important point. So many times people say, I don't know what to do, Joseph, about how to grow our church or how to talk to people about Jesus Christ. My friends, the most important, easiest thing to do is simply befriend somebody. Develop a personal relationship. It's a fertile ground for inviting them to some event here at the church. 
It's an important way to start talking to them about the love of Christ that you have in your heart. And Memorial grows every time it grows in its relationships. And it grows in its relationships because of the Andrews in the congregation. The Andrews that don't allow a stranger to be a stranger. Think about it. Those are Andrews developing relationships. Relationships that will work out in the building of the kingdom of God. Now we have met Andrew twice in the scripture in this sermon. First he brought his brother Peter to Jesus. Now he brings this boy to Jesus. And like I said, we saw a miracle occur. Which brings another important point up, I believe, that I don't want to miss, even though the time is running out, (laughs) is that we don't know what miracles will occur when we simply bring someone to church or to Jesus. We don't know what miracles will occur. Now, Andrew is one more time in the scripture. I just want to briefly hit it. John 12, the scripture says that there were some strangers in town. This happens to be uh, Passover week, the week that our Lord suffered and went to the cross for us. These strangers had heard about Jesus. They wanted to meet Jesus. So they asked one of the disciples, the scripture says, Philip. Now, I'm not sure why they asked Philip, but they asked Philip. Well, Philip was a lot like me sometimes. He wasn't sure what to do, you know. But so he thought this, well, maybe I don't know what to do, but, but Andrew might. So he told it to Andrew. Now, remember, Andrew's only mentioned a few times in the Gospels, but whenever he's mentioned, he's always doing the same thing, bringing people to Christ. You know, this is another really important point. When you don't know what you need to do, simply ask somebody else, what do you think I should do here in the church? You'd be amazed. They probably know better than you what it is you need to do. Friends, it is the Andrews that bring the Peters to Christ. They don't get the the praise or the publicity. They're not the stars. They're the extras. They don't have five or ten talents, but they have one that's given over to serve Christ, and they do that. The Andrews don't write the stirring epistles or preach the great sermons or work miracles, but they bring the Peters who write the epistles or preach the sermons, do the miracles. We remember the Peters, but we forget the Andrews. Who forgot Augustine? Who brought Augustine? Who brought Calvin? Who brought Luther? Who brought Wesley to the church? Who, who brought Mother Teresa, the Billy Grahams of the world? Who brought these folks? Who brought you? We don't know, really, do we? You may, you may not. But those were the Andrews. Those were the Andrews. And we're blessed. We're blessed at Memorial to have a lot of Andrews here in our church. People who will use whatever they have for the glory of God. And that's so important. Proverbs 11.30 says this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Those that God has made righteous, which are those who believe and profess in Jesus Christ, you are a tree of life for a dying world. You are a tree of life for friends and family who need that sustenance of life that only Christ can give. You are that tree of life, is what the Scripture says. You are Andrews. You're committed 
convicted and convinced of Christ's love. And so I simp- my prayer for you this day is simply to go forth in the strength of that spirit of God that he, that's been given to you. And I, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your discipleship. I thank you for your, your willingness to use your talent. And may God continue to bless you all. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn and smile at you this day. May the Lord give you His peace.
Amen.